comes this morning from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 23, and I'll be starting with verse 13 and reading to verse 28, if you'd like to follow along. We're reading this morning from the Gospel of Matthew. This is the chapter in Matthew's uh, Gospel where Jesus is telling uh, the people what is wrong about the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, and so he's saying, woe is you. What was you for this? What was you for that? And so I invite you to hear his words to them and to us this day. How terrible it will be for you legal experts and Pharisees, hypocrites. You shut people out of the kingdom of heaven. You don't enter yourselves and you won't allow those who want to enter it to do so. How terrible it will be for you, legal experts and Pharisees, hypocrites. You travel over sea and land to make one convert, but when they've been converted, they become twice the child of hell you are. How terrible it will be for you blind guides who say, if people swear by the temple, it's nothing, but if people swear by the gold in the temple, they are obligated to do what they swore. You foolish and blind people, which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold holy? You say, if people swear by the altar, it's nothing. But if they swear by the gift on the altar, they are obligated to do what they swore. You blind people, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift holy? Therefore, those who swear by the altar swear by it and by everything that's on it. Those who swear by the temple swear by it and by everything that's part of it. Those who swear by heaven swear by God's throne and by the one who sits on it. How terrible it will be for you illegal experts and Pharisees, hypocrites. You give to God a tenth of mint, dill, and cumin, but you forget about the more important matters of the law, justice, peace, and faith. You ought to tithe, but without forgetting about those more important matters. You blind guides, you filter out an ant, but swallow a camel. How terrible will it will be for you legal experts and Pharisees, Hypocrites, you clean the outside of the cup and plate, but inside they are full of violence and pleasure-seeking. Blind Pharisee, first, seek the in, first clean the inside of the cup so that the outside of the cup will be clean too. How terrible will it be for you legal experts and Pharisees? Hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tombs. They look beautiful on the outside, but inside they are full of dead bones and all kinds of filth. In the same way you look righteous to people, but inside you are full of pretense and rebellion. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This morning as we think about Scripture, and as we think about what it means to follow and what it means to focus, I want us to think about what it does mean for us to focus as a people of faith, but also as a people who simply have to focus to get things done in our day-to-day lives. Perhaps at times we focus on the wrong thing, the thing that gives the wrong priority, that that just leads us on a different path. And then there's things that when we focus on it, we may focus on it, but we're focusing on the wrong thing. As I was reading this past week, I came across a story about a man named Matt Emmons. Some of you may remember this story from a few years ago. He's a competitor at the United States Olympic team, and he shoots the air rifle 
in different competitions. He's represented our country in, I think, three Olympic Games. But the story that I want to share with you today is from the 2004 Olympics, because it's what he's remembered for in terms of focus. See, Emmons was competing in the the 50-meter shoot, the distance 50 meters, and they shot from three different positions. And so he was in the lead as they approached the final shot. And basically, his lead was so far that all he had to do was hit the target in order to win the gold medal. Emmons lined up. He fired his shot, and the final shot was on target. And out of a possible 10, he got 8.1. And so a good shot. Better than probably most of us, right? Except the target that he hit wasn't his. Somehow as he set up for his shot, he allowed himself as he got in position to focus on the wrong thing. The target adjacent to his own. And so he fired and in his lapse, in focus as he aligned himself, that shot cost him the gold medal. Because he didn't hit his target at all. It's impressive to me to think that his focus was still good enough to hit and get almost to the bullseye. An 8.1 out of 10, that's pretty good. But it cost him the gold and he ended up getting 8th place that day. Because he allowed himself to stray. He allowed his focus to lapse. He allowed himself to miss that which he needed to be focused on. And unfortunately, he missed his target altogether. See, his lack of focus for just that second couldn't be made up because of his focus later as he took the shot, could it? It wasn't enough, and he missed his goal altogether. When I heard about this story, I went on the Internet and Googled it and found some different articles that I read about about this guy and and just what a competitor he was and of how he just dealt with it. Because he's won gold medals, he's won silvers, he's won bronze before and in other Olympic Games. He's also not medaled before. But you know, as I read it, I mean, I felt for him. Because I know how how he demonstrated his commitment to get where he was. I feel for him because I know how easy it is For us to lose focus. Maybe that's why some of these stories like this resonate with us. Because although maybe we're not a shooter, we're not someone that shoots competitively, but we know how easy it is for us to take the tie off of our our eye off of our target and focus on something else. And so in our lives, we get lost because we don't focus. We go to the store and, you know, we forget what we're there for. So I text Mindy and she lets me know. Um, You know, we lose focus in the other places we go. Just because it's so easy. And so in our spiritual lives, it's so easy for us to lose focus on Christ. It's it's so easy for us to, to lose focus on those things that we have to do and on the way that we have to live. In order to emulate and imitate Christ in this world. And so as I read the gospel reading this week of Matthew 23. You know this isn't a gospel reading that's bursting with life is it? This isn't Jesus saying if you do this you're going to receive the kingdom and you're going to be blessed. And God's going to fill you and and, you know instead it's woe. 
Woe to you, Pharisees, you hypocrites. Or in my Bible translation, which is the common English, it's how terrible it is for you. How terrible it is when you do the things that you're told to do and are misguided and misled. How terrible it is for you to focus on on the outside appearance of things and not worry about the inward change of heart that God calls you to have. Woe to you, says Jesus, to those who are teaching, to those who are leading, to all of us as we lose sight of the presence of God and instead focus on the human aspects of what it means to be a person of faith. See, the Pharisees and the Sadducees focused on on how the people approached God. They focused on whether or not you were to, to ritually cleanse yourself before you went to the temple or what you had done the day previously or whether or not you were clean or whether the gifts that you brought were appropriate instead of focusing on God and on the one who was receiving those gifts. They focused on how others viewed them and how they offered their worship without necessarily doing the things that caused inward change that are required of all of us when God enters our heart and our lives and changes us. Jesus said they laid the burden of law and the requirements on the people while not carrying them themselves. In short, they focused on the wrong things. And I think each of us could go and read this same passage of Scripture and probably hear other things that Jesus was saying, words of warning as He's calling them and as He calls those who are His disciples to focus. To focus on what it means to be a person of faith and what it means to be living a professed life of faith in response to that which He has given us. See, he's telling them they couldn't follow. They couldn't follow because they were so focused on those things that didn't, they just didn't matter. And so they were so focused on on what they were doing and how people were doing them and how they were approaching God that they missed the Messiah. Because they were looking at something completely different. You know, I was thinking in first service of something that, that we've done or we can do that's, that's similar to this. I don't know how often many of you have been to the circus. But you know, the circus, uh, in, we went to the one in El Paso, when was it, two years ago? Something like that. And it was, I mean, it was fun. The circus is great. Except they have people and, you know, they're walking around carrying the light-up swords and the light-up princess tiaras. And they've got all these balloons, and it's like a a mass of floating, flickering light coming through the arena. You can just see them going up the stands. And if you look over, and if you see what they're doing, and then you, you miss what's happening in the rings, don't you? Because you're so busy, kids are, adults are, when the kids are asking for one. You know, when they're asking for the sword, or whatever it is, that they miss seeing the tiger jump through the flaming hoop. Or the, uh, the, the person on the trapeze doing their, their feet. See, if we focus on other things, we miss Christ in our presence. And you know, as I read this passage of Scripture, it's easy for me to look at it and go, Golly, those Pharisees, those Sadducees, what were they thinking? At least it's just them. Maybe it's not me. 
Except I think all of us can ask similar questions of ourselves. As we think about what it means to be a person of faith, as we think about what we focus on, as we think about how we treat others, and as we think about how we ourselves practice our own faith. You know, the Sadducees, last week we talked about how these were the the priestly families. These are the men that were born into the priesthood because of their fathers being a priest and their grandfather and great-grandfather and they could you know, trace their descent, their lineage to the first, time, first priest in their family. See, the Sadducees, we can look at them and see that they were born into what that they did. They didn't have to make that choice as to whether or not they went to church. They just went because it was expected of them. Do we practice our faith because it's expected of us like that? Because we know it's the right thing to do, but we haven't had that interchange of heart that wants us, that makes us want to do it, where we have that drive from within. So I can see doing that as a child. I went to church because my parents made me, I'll tell you the truth. Um, The good thing was there were some friends there and we had a great time. And got kicked out of Sunday school and some other things. But we went because we had to. And then at some point we had to change to where we wanted to. Or maybe we could look at the Pharisees. And we know that these men became people in, in positions of authority and respect because of the work that they'd done. Because of the dedication that they put in. Because of, of the studies that they had done and their emphasis on the letter of the law. But you know, if we approach the Christian faith like the Pharisees, then we're offering a faith that is graceless and we're offering a faith that is servantless because we're driven not by our hearts and the change of heart that God has placed within us, but we're driven strictly by our heads. And our heads don't cause us to offer grace. It's our hearts that cause us to offer grace. Our heads don't cause us to offer service and truly connect to other people and relieve suffering and touch them in places in their lives that they need and they have that that yearning. That's our hearts that do that. And so if we approach our faith like the Pharisees do, then we're offering a faith that is full of knowledge that's probably impressive in the amount of, of Scripture we know and other things, but it's not connected to the transformation that God wants to make and has made within each of us. See, Jesus can be saying, woe to you, woe to me, because you don't focus. You don't focus on me, you don't focus on what's in your heart, and your motivation isn't true as you serve me. See, for us to follow Him... To follow Jesus like the disciples followed Him, we have to learn to focus. We have to work on what it means for us to focus. We have to take our eyes from those things that distract us. And we have to stop measuring ourselves against others and instead only measure and compare ourselves to Christ. Because that's the only way we can do it. Because otherwise we're just flawed human beings looking at other flawed human beings and none of us are attaining that image of Christ that He calls us to attain. As we imitate Him, as we offer ourselves to others, as we do and be the people that He wants us to be. See, Jesus didn't call us to live perfect lives. 
thank goodness. He knew that we would have blemish. He knew that that we would have defects. He knew that we would have shortcomings. He knew that we would have sin. But He calls us to follow Him anyway. And for us to do that, we have to focus. He expects us to be authentic. He expects us to be faithful. He expects us to be grace-filled. He expects us to serve other people. And we can only do that if we choose. If we choose to focus on Him. That's the only way that you and I are going to be able to follow. Is if we choose. We can't claim to know where Jesus is. We can't claim to know what the Holy Spirit is doing in and through the lives of our church. If we're not looking. If we're not focused on finding Christ. If we don't have our eyes on Him and on His Word that is speaking in and through us. And we're going to miss the very opportunities that God has placed before us to change the world, to help others, to be the representative of Christ in this time and in this place, which He has placed within each of us. We have to focus on Christ, to focus on His grace, to focus on His life, to focus on His love, to focus on who He calls and creates each of us to be and who He wants us to be in order for us to be a disciple that truly follows Him. Not perfect. Not giving the impression that we're perfect. Not sinless. But striving towards perfection. Striving towards that which He has offered. Striving towards the grace and the life. And everything else that He gives us. See, in Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30... In the message translation, Jesus says, Are you tired, bored, burned out on religion? Come to me. Come to me and receive your life. See, when we're not following Christ, we make the things we do our focus of our spiritual life. When we follow Christ, we make Him our focus. We follow. The relationship is there. And we don't miss God's amazing grace. And so focus on Christ and the way you follow. Focus on His life, on His love, on His grace. And on that which He's given to you. Amen.